welcome to The Doomed Pod. Um, my name is Dan Jones and I am a stand-up comedian based in Brighton. And I am trying to figure out what the fuck I am doing. <laughs> Doomed obviously stands for definitely out of my depth and that is what I feel like I am in this industry. <laughs> um, so this is just me trying to sort of get my thoughts and feelings out on you know, where I am and what I'm trying to do, basically. And I thought it would be quite interesting to be able to reflect on all the gigs I'm doing and what I'm trying to do. Almost every agent that I've spoken to <laughs> that I need to have a podcast. And so here we go. It's just me. And um, that silence, it would be nice to have someone else to fill that silence, but here we are. Uh, this last week has been pretty crazy in terms of the types of gigs that I've done. I've really hit highs and lows at one point. Um, <laughs> I questioned what I'm doing because um, at the minute I feel I feel quite lost. I suppose um, I feel like what I've got is good, but I'm not I'm not packaging it. Or I'm not selling myself well enough. Um, where I, where I work in Brighton during the day, um, there is a new we can eat seafood buffet like two doors down, and it could be the most incredible seafood buffet I've tasted. I mean, I don't eat fish or seafood, um, but, you know, if I did, I would be tempted, especially right now. It's like it's like £9, I think, for all you can eat seafood. It's like seafood and Chinese food. Weird layout when you look and it's got big glass windows as all, all you can eat buffets are. I don't know I don't know why they think people in there want other people to be able to see them. But anyway, their sign for this all you can eat seafood buffet is just an A4 laminated piece of paper that says all you can eat seafood buffet on it. And that's what I feel like I'm doing. Comedy career. Um get people in. Get people in to eat my prawns or whatever you would have at a seafood buffet. I imagine there's a lot of prawns. I feel like prawns are always like the go-to cheap cheap fish. Maybe cod. There's like a, there's another all you can eat place two doors down that's much much busier because they have uh, a lady that will stand outside all day um, and she says things like you look hungry and she I think she's Spanish because the the, well, the restaurant is called like Casa del Pizza which well it's many levels of bastardization of all sorts I suppose um, but it's full. I need people to know that I've got hot and tasty deep dish pizza comedy <laughs> rather than <laughs> or you can eat seafood anyway this last week i have i went to london on friday and i doubled up because um it's, it's horrible going to, to london from brighton um, and you have to because london's the place where you get seen and where you get picked up to do bigger and better shows because the people that matter seem to be in london and the train to London. If you've never, if you've never got the train to London from Brighton, uh, imagine every person you've ever met that doesn't know how to urinate into a toilet correctly. Um, that's that's who's on this train. I uh, opened a open mic for David Ferguson, the wonderful David Ferguson. He is one of the nicest people I've ever met in comedy. He's so genuine and such a fan of comedy. It's really nice to um, to have someone like that running a night. I did ten minutes at the top of his show, which had. I remember two audience members and a lot of a lot of acts sitting and watching, um, and it was. I mean, it was horrible. It's just, it's just not fun to do. <laughs> to front of comics that are just waiting to go up, and I've got a bit that I'm working on where I end up. I'm sort of shouting on the floor, and it's really hard to sell that as an idea. 
um, to people that would wish you would do less so they could hurry up and have their turn. But I was really grateful for David. It's, it's always really useful to do shows like that for the old sort of stage legs, less so for the mental health aspect of things. And I got to leave that show earlier because I was doing a work in progress show at Two North Down and eight tickets had sold, which in a room of 70, not, not ideal. Um, but I was like, well, hopefully we'll have some walk-ins that will boost that number up. And, you know, at least hit double figures, and that's bearable. Um, the show before me, an act that got incredibly big over TikTok over the last two years, um, an impressionist, and he sold his show out. And they offered them free tickets to stay on and watch my show after. Um, which I was like, well, surely that's on a Friday night in London, something free. Absolutely game changer. And so I got to the venue and four of the ticket holders turned up and none, no one stayed for free. Um, not even worth the free ticket. Um, and so I did, I did an hour show, which I'm hoping to take to Edinburgh next year. An hour show to two couples, uh, one of which was um, a Ukrainian couple uh, whose English, well, English wasn't their first language. And I imagine they just wanted a, a good fun night out to distract from what's going on um, <laughs> in their own country. And they, they got to uh, be part of a car crash, really. And the other couple sat dead front and centre. Um, they were sort of, they must have been between f- about 40-ish. They'd had a few drinks beforehand, vinoed up to the eyeballs. It very much became their show because they, well, they had something to say about every bit of narrative of the show. <laughs> of the show. Oh, one of them just kept getting up to go and get more wine. So that was, it's one of those ones where you get, you get to the end of the end of the show and they're like, oh yeah, we really enjoyed that. It's like, but did, did you, or did you just, did, did you? But I didn't. <laughs> so, so this is what, this podcast is going to get me audience members. If I don't get double figures this time next year after doing this, I, I give up. Um, and then I MC on a Monday down here in Brighton, like a new material night down at the Electric Arcade. It's a wonderful venue. It was pretty busy. We had six acts, so we got to do two halves rather than an hour show. Um, sort of spread out a bit. And the longer the show, when it's good, the better, because the audience just completely settle in. And you can get away with so much more. When an, when an audience is there and willing to have fun, it's an absolute dream. Sometimes the Monday night new material can be a bit of hard work, but it was a dream. I got the best heckle from the oldest lady I've ever seen who came in, she was sat at the back with the, one of the youngest guys I've ever seen. <laughs> um, the dynamic of which I, I don't know. Um, I was talking to a couple in the center of the room and she just shouts, be nice. Um, it really threw me because um, as you know, I was just chatting away um, to this couple who I asked them, you know, how do they find out about the night and stuff? And they said, oh, well, it was the only thing on. I think I had a bit of, uh, had, had some right to uh, <laughs> to be a little bit mean. I don't think I was too mean. Um, they'd been together six months or so. Um, so it was just uh, some gentle ribbing with this old lady, like, it's like I suddenly gained some subconscious from, like, a, I didn't even know she was there. Like, she was that, she was that old and hidden. Um, I didn't realise that she uh, she ghosted. In, maybe it was a ghost. Maybe it was uh, it was the ghost of uh, comedy keeping me in check. Uh, and then the Tuesday Tuesday night, uh, me and my very good friend William Stone, who is an excellent comic, we run a night called the Cost of Living Comedy, 
down in Brighton where we charge, I think it's £1.45 to get in, which is less than two pints of milk is the tagline. On the basis of just like, it's it's so expensive to do anything at the minute, but we want people to not feel like the arts are off limits even now. So um, we get people in to come and see acts that, um, you know, they, they just wouldn't see. We, we pay, you know, the train fare of acts from London to come down and they get like a quite a busy room to do new stuff or old stuff, things like that. It's, re- it's a really good night. And uh, this week we had Ed Knight, who is just, Ed Knight is absolutely phenomenal. It's one of those things where you just realise, oh my god, I've got so far to go. I emceed at the top of the show before he came on. He came on to do like 45 minutes. And I was chatting to this guy in the middle who was just giving me nothing. He was arms folded. He was just so stubborn. And I was trying to like get him before I got Ed on, just so I could be like, well, the whole room is 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 warm right now. He was just giving me absolutely nothing. Hat on, arms folded. In the end, I kind of got him. And then Ed came on and just immediately just he knew exactly what to do. Um, and with ease, and he just breathed into material. I had friends there, and they, they were still talking about it today on on Friday, um, with how much they enjoyed it, and they were just so blown away by Ed and the fact they didn't know him, and um, they couldn't believe they hadn't seen him before, and things like that. So it's really, yeah, I was really, really happy with it. There was a couple in the front row, um, and one of them got up to go to the toilet, and he started chatting to the the one that was left, and they were, obviously they were together. And uh, the guy was like, oh, yeah, we we, uh, we met at McDonald's, which is, you know, a classic, classic way to meet. Um, but it, she so she was she worked there and he was just a regular and he ended up asking her out eventually. And then uh, the girl came back and he then went to the toilet because and once you give any audience any leeway, they take whatever they can get. And then he asked her, oh. We heard you met at McDonald's, and she was like, yeah, um, but I had a boyfriend and he was married at the time. That is such a huge bit of information that was missed out from the original story. <laughs> um, and then transpired it was for like visa reasons and things. I just think it's amazing what people are willing to give up at, at a comedy show. And then I had a couple of days off really, because it's been quite overwhelming. Like that Friday night, I just didn't want to, <laughs> just didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, to go all the way to London to do an hour and a half to maybe five people total. Because there are not enough tickets sold at the venue as well, I've got to pay the venue costs, and so it's just like, well, I'm... oh, it's just uh, a lot. And I put a bunch of money into ads as well on Facebook and things, um, so I'm massively down from that night. I mean, I'm like four years deep into this now, and um, I've actually spent the week hoping for an Arctic Monkeys album leak. Um, been watching all the forums like. Um, I used to do when I was like 16, 17, and uh, it's been a pretty exciting ride. Um, <laughs> I mean, it sounds pathetic, but there's quite a rush of wanting to be one of the first people to hear it. Um, you see all the reviews coming out, and the reviews for Arctic Monkeys range, and this this will always be the case, isn't it? from like five stars from typically the enemy, um, all the way down to Dross from... Uh, <laughs> anyone that really loved the first album and I, I just it really winds me up when uh, people say oh the Arctic Monkeys they're not what they used to be and all this kind of stuff and it's like well yeah he's like <laughs> you fell in love with them when they were also like 17 18 years old thinking about 17 18 year old things um, and you expect them to be doing the same thing now it's, it's mad like he's 36 years old and if he was out there like singing uh, songs about you know 
girls in all bar one drinking too many strawberry woo-woos like i think you'd feel sad for him i don't think people would be as into it as they uh, thought they were you don't miss the arctic monkeys i think you miss your school friends and you can just talk to them you just send them a message you're you're feeling lonely you're feeling nostalgic for um, people we went to school with <laughs> we've all been there the um the thing that gets me with the arctic monkeys and this has happened <laughs> almost every album release is when an album is announced you get to see the track listings and the track listings that when you read them you just go oh god this is going to be bad this is really bad it's like if you must have had a friend or some or someone that's been like oh we're having a kid and we're thinking about calling it like quince or something and oh you just think really people are going to make fun of this um i feel like an arctic monkeys track listing is just things that you think of when you're tipsy like if i was to come up with this could be a, a you know an lp of the arctic monkeys and it'd be called like um t- two of your five a day um Lego in the arch of your foot, wingdings, swivel chair, the M25. Um, a pavement isn't just a sidewalk. 3,000 tigers left in the wild. Blue ticks baby. Uh, Mother nature's udder. 